And now, broadcasting from a two-person hot tub, high atop the Butterfield Park water tower, it's the E-Town Lowdown, created by Robbie and Rick. And now, your handsome hosts, PK and Rick. Welcome to another special edition of the E-Town Lowdown COVID-19 pandemic. Today is Tuesday, April 14th, 2020. And I have Pamela Dunley, the president and CEO of Elmhurst Memorial Hospital, on the line with me. How are you today, Pam? I'm very good. It's nice to talk to you, and I hope you and all of the listeners had a wonderful Easter. Well, thank you. I, I did, and I, uh, I assume they did, and I, I hope you did as well. Didn't you? I hope. Absolutely. Good. Um, this has got to be at least the sixth week of intense pressure on your staff. Maybe it's been longer. I, I, I don't know, but how is morale? Well, morale is pretty good. Uh, I think it's really five weeks, although it feels like forever. I, it could be a, two years for the way we feel, but um, the staff are doing great. I was out rounding on Easter with the staff, and, um, you know, it was a pretty intense day. We had a couple of deaths that day and a lot of people who um, who ended up needing intubation, but the staff still had a very positive outlook and really appreciate having their leadership around rounding on them and making sure they have everything they need to stay safe. So I think that's the main thing. What's uh, if you, if you would share with us what your current census of COVID patients is. So things uh, continue to climb slowly. So last week when we talked, we had about 55 inpatients and right now we are at 64 um, with 13 that are waiting for test results. Our death rate uh, climbed from 16 last week to 22 um, as of today. And um, in the county in um, Elmhurst, in Elmhurst there's 57 cases right now for the city of Elmhurst. That doesn't count the ones that are in the hospital, just those who live in Elmhurst. And then in DuPage County, uh, we went from 715 last week. We're at 1,223. And the state last week was at 12,262, and now we're at 22,025. Death rate went from 307 up to 794. Not a bad week at the hospital itself, but the state and the county seems uh, pretty significant increases. I think what's going on is it's um, starting to come out into the suburbs. So the counties out in the suburbs are growing, and that's why the state is growing. I think Chicago is kind of leveling out. They're growing, but not at the same rate. But now some of the counties are starting to pick up. We did have some good news, though. We did have uh, this, this last, since we started having patients, we've had 103 patients who have been in the hospital with COVID who have been discharged. So I think that's really good news. That is good news. How about um, in terms of folks who've been tested and not admitted last week, you said you had around 180. Has that continued to climb that number? Uh, yes, and uh, right now I, we're about 257 patients that have come into the emergency department and been tested and gone home with, that were positive for, for COVID. And, you know, it was something I thought would be interesting for folks who may not be paying attention, um, but I know everybody's saying that this is an illness for the elderly, but if we look at DuPage County statistics, the highest volume of people who are positive with COVID is the age range between 50 and 59. 
The second highest volume is age range between 40 and 49, and then 60 to 69, and then 30 to 39, and then 20 to 29, and then 80 plus, and then 70 to 90, 79. Do you think uh, that a lot of those numbers as, are as a result of uh, folks that are in those upper age groups being more vigilant about staying away from others than the younger folks? That's what I would be hoping. And that's what we're trying to curve. So, you know, it looks like at least they are doing a good job staying in and isolating themselves. Well, that's good. Um, so we've seen uh, some information from out east, New York in particular, that indicates they think their curve is flattening. And do you think that that uh, Illinois and, and Elmhurst Memorial Hospital's curves will follow soon thereafter? Well, we would like that to be in the case. You know, we keep hoping every day that the curve's going to flatten. I can tell you it has felt like at the hospital we watch the trends. And, you know, we've been running somewhere between um, 50, high 50s and 60s for about a week and a half, which I think is pretty consistent in studies. So we had a pretty rapid um, increase for the first couple of weeks, and then we've kind of stabilized out. Of course, that 50, the 50 to 60, 60 some patients are not all the same patients. There's the same amount coming in and people going out, so we're kind of staying stable, but at least we're not having the hospitals overrun with patients so we can manage the volume of patients. Um, any uh, updates you can give us on staff that may have tested positive? And I know that. Last week, all the folks that worked at Elmhurst um, were all working in support departments and not working directly with COVID patients. So any updates on that? Yes. So for the system now, we have had 29 staff members test positive. Of the um, 29, 14 of them are Elmhurst staff members. Um, so we went from four last week to 14. Again, the majority of those are people who are in outpatient areas. We had um, a couple people that work in the hospital but not on the COVID unit. So um, I think there might be one that works on a unit that that um, maybe she was floated to COVID, but I, I haven't found that out for sure. But other than that, none of them were actually the ones working within our COVID patients. So it seems like the folks that are working directly with COVID patients are are able to protect themselves and uh, work smartly, so to speak, to avoid being contaminated themselves. Uh, Correct. And it I, I tell the staff, I, I would feel safer working with the COVID patients because of all the protective equipment that we are able to provide because you don't know who may be positive that you're running into, and if you don't have any kind of protection, you know, you, you're at risk for catching it. Right. So last week I asked you about tests that might return results more quickly. Uh, has there been any progress on that front in terms of your access to those? Yes. So we did start last week um, our rapid turnaround testing. So that's a test that we can get results back within, let's say, about 20 minutes. Uh, what we have been doing, though, is making sure those tests are accurate. So we've been running the, both tests simultaneously. So um, if it's a negative in the rapid test, we will run the uh, other tests that we were doing to make sure that it is really a negative to validate, and we have found in all our validation that we are at a 98% accuracy, so we're pretty confident in the results that we're getting. 
And so we are now able to test a lot more patients in the emergency department as they're coming in and get their results back right away to them. And again, there's a certain uh, threshold where you won't test somebody, right? If they're below that threshold, I mean, they need to have that fever and those typical symptoms, correct? Right now, yes. There's still, you need to have a doctor's order and there, you still need to meet criteria, although that is going to probably be getting less and less as we go have more tests available. And how about for, let's say that um, I have a necessary operation, I'm inpatient, but I, I don't come in for COVID symptoms. Do I need to be tested? So if you're coming in for something other than COVID, right. we are we are only testing you if you have symptoms. No, gotcha. we will, but we keep you in a clean area away from all of the COVID units. Okay, I, I've I've seen in the media that there have been some some reports that some of the projections, especially in the New York area, of need for ventilators and other PPE equipment and. ICU beds has, they've overestimated the need for them. And now they think they're going to have a surplus in certain areas of the country. So a couple of questions related to that. Um, do you think the same will happen here? And do you think that if you do need more ventilators here, for instance, that you'll have access to them from other parts of the country? Well, I I think right now we are pretty good shape related to ventilators. We, When this was first starting, one of the things that we did was we had talked to um, some of the hospitals in the state of Washington that were going through the COVID early, and they were very clear on us that you needed to get as much PPE and as much equipment as you could early before there was a need. And so we did. So we rented extra ventilators and we had ordered PPE from all over. Um, so, and we've been able to create extra ICU units. Um, we've created two extra ICU units already and we have two more areas that we can have ICU available. So we've extended our beds. So we've been able to meet the demand and have access here. Um, in terms of PPE, we've been able to meet the demands. I know last week I talked about that we needed more gowns. We um, we have been gotten some uh, reusable gowns that we can disinfect in between cases, which is what we're doing. They're not. It's not the best. It would be great to have disposable gowns, but we're able to make do, and the staff feel comfortable with them. Um, masks are not a problem, um, and. What is a problem right now for us is the PDI wipes. I think I mentioned that last time. Yes. Um, it's got a purple top, and it's got a certain alcohol level, and we are still short of P PDI wipes, so we are using a spray solution that we use in to clean our surgical area. It meets all the same requirements. It's just not as easy to keep things clean. So we are on the lookout for PDI wipes if anybody has any available. Okay, you mentioned that some of the younger demographics uh, we're more uh, likely to to uh, test positive for COVID-19 than some of the older demographics, and maybe some of that's the social distancing discipline of the older folks. But are you seeing some relatively young patients that don't have pre-existing conditions or relatively healthy before COVID require hospitalization? Yes, and I think that's such an important message to get out to the community, even though you may be young, it doesn't mean that you might not, that you might get very seriously ill from this illness. We have had patients as young as 30 pass away from COVID. 
we had a young man come in. I call him young. He was uh, 49. Came in uh, to the hospital this weekend, and he had been trying to stick it out at home and came in and had to be intubated and did pass away the very next day. This is a very serious illness, and so wearing your mask, I'm out in the community and I see a lot of people without their masks on, and I see people gathering in, you know, and talking very closely to each other, and I get very worried and scared for everybody. You need to be careful because you don't know if you are the one person who may have a very serious reaction to this illness. And not everybody has a comorbid condition, but the one that I've seen the most correlated, at least in our experiences here, has been obesity. Anybody who's overweight is at higher risk for having a very negative um, experience with COVID. Wow, my blood pressure just went up hearing that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Quite a few. Um, now, I know the, the hospital has a pandemic plan and they probably tested it over the years. How, uh, how are you feeling about that plan? And, and do you think there's any way that any organization can really be ready for something like this? I mean, planning helps, but I'm sure you're running across things that you just probably didn't plan for, right? Yes. I think that the biggest thing is how, um, how we could adapt the plan to be much more virtual doing everything through virtual meetings and virtual command centers. So we've always practiced, you know, if there was a pandemic or if there was some major crisis where we needed to have a command center going, uh, but most of the time it was in a location, and we've recreated all that to be virtual. And so we have a lot of meetings over the phone, a lot of meetings through WebEx and Zoom, and, you know, the, the structure works. And so that's been really interesting. And what's been really fascinating is how well the system has been able to respond as one system versus each hospital individually. The doctors working back and forth across the system to come up with the right um, treatment processes for patients because this is a disease that doesn't have a clear definition of what to do when, what medications work, when do you ventilate, how do you know who needs to be admitted versus who goes home. And so all these doctors working together from all over and coming up with clear um, guidelines and, um, and learning from each other's practices has been phenomenal. I think I'm I'm really impressed with the fact that we were so proactive and got so much information from the other places before we knew it was going to hit us hard so that when it did hit us, we had already put a lot of things in place and have been able to maintain those things over time. I think the interesting thing is, is, you know, we always plan for some kind of crisis, but we don't plan that the crisis is going to last months, weeks, and months on end. And so trying to stretch that ability to not focus on anything but keeping everybody safe is, and now starting to plan for when we are no longer going to be in this state, what will we be as we open up again? Where will care be delivered? What will people need? Where will we have the finances? Because remember right now, this is costing hospitals tons of money. And I don't know if any, everybody realizes it, but buying all this equipment is, uh, is equipment at prices that we never expected to have to pay, at volumes that we never expected to be buying, and not having the, the kinds of patients that come in that we normally get our revenue from because 
the reimbursement for the, the for these patients is much less than than other reimbursement, as well as the number of patients we have that are not COVID patients is very um, small, and so. It's going to be interesting to see how hospitals and health systems can bounce back by, by, from the financial crunch of this whole thing. Well, uh, not only will the healthcare industry be changed, but I think our whole society, our government, our world is going to be changed. And, and maybe maybe a little bit of it will be for the better, but uh, it's definitely been a, been a tough road. And I, I wish you and your staff all the best and uh, want you to know that all of us that are working outside your walls are so appreciative and supportive and we look forward to talking to you next week and um, I will get the message out via social media that PDI wipes are still in need. So thank you so much, Pam Dunley, President and CEO of Elmer's Memorial Hospital. Have a great week. Thank you so much to you and thank you to the community again for all of your support. This is Bob Robertson Sr. When I have insomnia, I listen to Robbie and Rick on the E-Town Lowdown. Why don't you? Now more than ever, we're asking the community of Elmhurst to please fill out your U.S. 2020 census. It's quick, safe, and easy, and you can do it online at my2020census.gov. Thank you. Well, you know, keeping our social distance here, but uh, that doesn't mean that uh, my buddy Slappy Sal can't give me a call, so uh, he's on the line right now. Sal, you there? Hey, Ricky, how you doing? I'm good. You? Hey, can't complain. Well, I mean, I could, but I'm not gonna. You know what I'm saying? So what's new on the uh, on the food scene, Sal? Well, you know what? When I was talking to you last time, Ricky, made me think. Probably not everybody is uh, Italian or half Italian like me. And uh, it occurs to me after talking to you that maybe some people in E-Town don't have a basement kitchen the way Slappy Sal does. So maybe you don't get a chance to eat as much Italian food. So I thought maybe I could help out a little bit by telling everybody what Sal gets from Italian restaurants in E-Town. What do you think? That's uh, That sounds like some good advice for the rest of us that uh, aren't half Italian. There you go. All right, so I'm going to run through this list. You ready? Yep. I'm going to start out alphabetically. Probably won't stay there, but we're going to start out there. Which, which for are you starting with? Hey, 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 okay, Fonz. Hey, hey. Armand's in, right in the middle of downtown by the train station, right? Sal goes in there. It's a favorite of mine. The wife and I used to date at the original Armand's in Elmwood Park. We were thrilled when they opened up in E-Town. I go in there. I first, I, I grab some pasta fazool soup, and then I go for Grandma's eggplant parmesan. Gotta love some eggplant. Yeah, not meat. Not something, not something you eat every day, but I'm telling you, you can't go wrong at Armand's. We're next, so, Sal. All right. I'm staying in the middle of town for this one. Rosalia's Deli on York Road. Nice. Just up the street from City Hall. Right across from the UPS store. Correct. Right across the street from the UPS store. So when you're done over mailing your stuff, jump across the street. You want to go in there, you want to grab the Italian sub. It's got mortadella, salami, capicola, provolone, and, of course, some dressing because you can't have a good Italian sub without Italian dressing on it, right? You know what I'm saying? So Rosalia's best sub in town. Can't go wrong there. All right, all right, we're going to go in the middle of town. Two brothers from Italy. Love it. Or Italy. Italy, if you want to be that way about it. Great you know place. what I'm saying? 
two brothers, the Gulf Plate. You got mussels, shrimp, clams, calamari, and a garlic sauce. Fantastic. You're probably going to sleep on the couch that night after uh, putting down that garlic sauce, but it's worth it. Trust me. Slappy nice. salad proof. All right, you want to go north? You want to go south? Hey, whichever way, Sal. Come on. Okay. You demand. Here we go. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go uh, north, right? Monjanopoly, North York Road. Where? North York Road, Monjanopoly. Monjanopoly. I don't know that place. Tell us yeah, about it, Sal. Be, uh, used to be uh, Nancy's Pizza. Yeah, bingo. I know that place. Yeah, yeah, Monjanopoly. That's uh, eat Naples in English or British, if you want to call it that way. So you want to go in there? You want to get a Panzerati, right? You know what a Panzerati is, Ricky? Yeah, kind of like a stuffed pizza or something, sort yeah, of. Like a calzone kind of, yeah, like a pizza sandwich. You want to get the uh, Italian beef and jardinera, Panzerati. Nice. Fantastic, right? So that's what I get up when I go up north. So now we're going to flip it around and we're going to go south. It's my favorite one of them all, DeLeo's. York and Butterfield are on the corner from the Jewels, right? Nice. Anna Marie's Pizza Bread. Now, I don't know who Anna Marie is, but I really like her pizza bread. Real simple. Cheese, tomato, garlic, and herbs. They put it in a pan. They bake it. It's fantastic. Sal's entire family, aunts, uncles, everybody, loves the pizza bread. So check that out at the Leo's. So what do you think? Uh, here. <laughs> Your what hurts? A little Ajita. <laughs> Is that you know, Yiddish? You know, <laughs> Sal, a little Ajita. Ah, <laughs> uh, Rick, you've been watching too many left turns. Hey, what can I say? What can I say? Yeah. So that's uh, that's my attempt to help you non-Italians out there get a little more Italian in your life. You know what I'm saying? Nice. I like it. And uh, I'll try most of those... Uh, by uh, midday tomorrow, I'd say. There you go. Very nice, Sal. Thanks it. for joining us. All right. Stay safe, Ricky. You too, Sal. Cook up a cook up a feast in that half-Italian kitchen. Oh, you know it. The E-Town Lowdown brought to you by the wonderful folks at the Elmhurst Armpit Orchestra featuring the biggest bass drum in the world. At nine feet in diameter. Yes, you heard that right. Nine feet in diameter. This has been a special presentation of the E-Town Lowdown.